Hello, everyone. Pastor Marco here. Just want to welcome you to our podcast. We're glad to be able to share God's word with you. Want to let you know that we have a brand new website, newlifesouthcoast.com. It's a great place to stay connected and involved in the life of the church. Listen, if you live in the area, come check out one of our Sunday morning services, 9.30 or 11.30. It's a powerful time, and we also have kids' ministry for all ages. I believe this message is going to encourage you and challenge you today, but also make sure you share it with a friend who needs to hear the Word of God. Blessings. So, this is week three of our Made to Relate series. Uh, We've talked about the single season. We talked last week about marriage lessons. And today we want to talk about going the distance. We want to talk about creating a legacy. And so we decided to invite a couple of people that we know pretty well. Uh, These are my Um, (laughs) in-laws. They've been married for 42 years. And they have six kids, all girls. So you know my father-in-law is a saint um, for having four girls. And, um, you know, my wife and I have been very fortunate to have both of our parents very involved in our lives. And, um, and so we wanted to talk to them about going the distance because, um, like we've been saying all along, we didn't want this to be some elusive conversation or some philosophical thing. We want to be practical and real. And we see you guys live this life every day. Um, by the way, this is the headquarters that Lindsay was talking about um, last week. And, um, you know, I, I can never get around to not call her Mrs. Barrett. Uh, it's something that I've done from the beginning since, well, I don't know, 15 years ago or something like that. Um, and that's Kippy. You know, I call her Mrs. Barrett, but that's Kippy. But their names is Joyce and Anton. And, um, and so um, I, I want to just have a conversation around it. But I want to start with the scripture that talks about a legacy, that talks about going the distance. The, the Bible says that God's a God of generations. And he wants to bless not just us, but he wants to bless the next generation. And, um, and I believe this. With every single one of us, God starts with somebody. Yeah. He picks a person and says, you're going to start a new normal in your generation. Right. We see this with Abraham. He says, I'm going to take you and you're going to be a blessing. And I believe in all of our lives. And some of you, you're the first generation that God's saying, I'm going to take you and start a new legacy in your, in, your, in your generation. And so, and I say that because a lot of times we think that, you know, sometimes we look at a, a family, we think they, you know, they, they, they got it all figured out. But the truth is, it wasn't always like this, right? right? And that's where we want to start. We want to start there. But I want to share this verse with you before we get into this conversation. In Genesis chapter 17. Verse 7, it says this, it says, I will confirm my covenant, which is another word for commitment or agreement, with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. And that is the goal that all of us are going to continue this thing and our children are going to continue it. And our children's children, if Jesus doesn't come back, is going to continue to fulfill God's will and purpose for their lives. Can you say amen? amen. And so that's the conversation we want to have. But I think it's important to start from the beginning to give us a little context of, of, of how far you've come as a family or even as individuals. So how about we start there? Talk to us about what was your worldview or, or your, your lifestyle prior to coming together as a couple? Uh, well, I guess... Uh 
some of my background is I come from a family of five. I'm the oldest of them. I have uh, my sisters and one brother who's passed away and uh, my three sisters. So I didn't grow up in a Christian home. My mother and father, they separated when I was very young. I don't remember really a time when I was in that traditional family, saw my dad every day life. Uh, but so when they separated, but I was always, I, even under that, I always felt like I was loved. My mom never denigrated my dad. My dad would always give credit to my mother. So even though they separated, it was really issues that they had amongst themselves. It never really affected me and my sister. Uh, so that's the, some, of the, some of the family dynamic I grew up with. Uh, I don't know how I, I came from. I witnessed abuse, parental abuse, not from my biological father. You know, my mother, my mother went on to have a relationship with another man, and it was abusive. And I, and I can say that because uh, if my mother was here today, uh, she will, that would be part of her testimony because out of all that, my mother came to find the Lord, and she's a strong Christian today. <laughs> so what I share about that, it would, it would be a part of her testimony. You know, so that's some of the, some of the background kind of that I... I came out of as far as my family situation. How about you, Mrs. Barrett? Um, you know, our, our stories are very similar. Um, I, have, I came from a family of four, and my parents separated uh, when I was just in the summer that I was going to uh, junior high school. And that was, that was tough. Um, I, there was like a lot of tension in the home. I, I knew I didn't like it. And, um, you know, we had a lot of changes to go through as a result of them separating. Well, we had to move. My mother had to go to work. Um, my brother and I had to become more independent, helping in the house. You know, so there were some things to navigate through. But yet instill of all of that, there was that love and support. Once my parents got over that, you know, that time when they just couldn't talk and, you know, that hurt and all that that we're going through, uh, they came together and we're friends and uh, that love and support was always there for us. Yeah. Let, me, let me just, if I can, just add to the situation of abuse and I know she felt the same way. Uh, and as it pertains to what we're talking about right now in terms of relationships, for me, it made me think because some of the abuse I've seen into my later years my wife was more in her earlier years, but as, it, as I seen it in my later years, it made me realize, because I was older, and again, pertaining to what we're talking about right now, I, I, in my heart, I determined, one, that I would never put my hands on my wife, and that my kids will never see that in the home. Mm. So those are two things that I, I, that I kind of carried from that. You know, the main thing is, as again, pertaining to what, yeah. we're, what we're talking about today as, fa as a family. That's I, awesome. I think, too, I, I'm just remembering now, you know, it's, it's really been uh, uh, challenging to sit and put thoughts to, what, uh, to our lives. Because I feel like we're just in automatic. Straight ahead. Let's go. 
And um, to, to put these things into words, it was like, you know, just a challenge. And then it was, it was kind of good. You know, yeah. it was like some good homework. Yeah. Right. You know, um, but we also, what was important then, as well as what we'll talk about later, we were part of a community right. when we were growing up. I mean, it was, it was the things that we read on Facebook, you know, did you ever, uh, you know, remember a lot of the nostalgic things, um, bikes and having to be home before the street lights were on, we lived in all of that. Yeah. You did something wrong, they already knew about it before you got home, <laughs> yeah. you know, so we were And there was more than just a timeout coming, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a community, and it was, you know, it sounds corny, but it was like Cheers, where everybody knows your name. Yeah. <laughs> So when did you fall in love with this handsome man? Um, I'm not. <laughs> wait, no, because I, I, I want to. can't be, remember. No, no, I remember. I remember. Um, I just don't want to uh, sound like that I'm uh, pushing it for other ones. But I was about 16. Uh oh, is, is the one, young ones are here? No, no, yeah, no. Because that's I, all they're gonna hear today. That's no, it. That's no. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say that that age anymore because I don't want to push that. But um, probably about 16. I, I I I always knew him. I can't remember. Well, I do remember, but, <laughs> but about 16 when my eyes like you know started wobbling out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> actually, oh, actually. I had become a Christian when I was about 16, and um, w the group that we were in um, going to church, and we, w we were like at a small storefront church, and they said, you know, a lot of the things that we were learning knew um, that you had to have a Christian boyfriend, so I only knew about four guys. <laughs> they like shrunk really quick. <laughs> and so, you know, we laugh at this, but at the time, he had, he had moved... Um, his, pa his family had moved to Carver for about four years, so he was in high school. So I was already plotting. I knew he was coming back when he graduated high oh, school. Oh, hello. So I was, I was already plotting, yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. Was, was it love at first sight? Um, mm. No. <laughs> well, well, I had to convince him. Oh, wow. But, you know, here's the, the, interesting, the interesting thing about that part is... Um, I was going to a Bible school in Newport, and we had had some, early on, it was a little rocky with us. Yeah, real rocky. <laughs> <laughs> but I ended up going to Bible school, and, uh, and it was there that I kind of really began to pray. And, 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 and this, is, this is the truth. The prayer that I was praying, mm -hmm. she was praying at the same time, but I didn't know that. I was praying at that time when I was in Newport because I always felt that, man, Kippy, if you can't make it with a good person like this, you can't make it with anybody, you know? So I would pray that God place me in her heart. Place me in her heart. And as we began our relationship, come to find out that's exactly what she was asking God for at the same time. And let me just say, that was on an off time. Yes. Because we were either on strong, on hot, or off cold. Yeah. So that was a cold time that we were praying that. But I knew, but I knew that was, I knew it was, she was for me. Yeah. You know, after all of the, the, the knucklehead stuff that I was doing, 
I knew that this was, this was the moment for me. She's taking you home. <laughs> she said she's taking you home. <laughs> so, just to give it, so just to give it some context, so you guys were saved before you got married. You didn't come from Christian homes. You were saved before you got married. And then were you walking with the Lord when you got married no. still? Or were you? No. You went off. You're off. Yeah, see, because for about, for about three years, I went into a backslidden condition. And it was in that time that we were, ma- we were married. Um, and, and let me just say something about backsliding. It, it's exactly what it says. It's backsliding. It's sliding backwards. Mm-hmm. It's very rare that a Christian who's walking with God, suddenly falls off the cliff. It really doesn't happen like that. Unless there's really extreme conditions, mostly the root of it is when we begin to forget and neglect those little spiritual disciplines. When we, when we stop reading our Bibles mm-hmm. and having daily devotions, yeah. when then church attendance begins, I'll go this week, maybe I won't go, uh, then you start separating yourself from the, the church family. The church family starts separating yourself from it. And listen, that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to isolate us. Our pastor used to tell us the banana off the bunch gets peeled. And so you've got to, you know, stay together. You can tweet united. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> so, so in that time, you were married. Um, but what, what happened where it shifted your marriage for the better? Because you were in a backslidden state, and you guys are saying that you were kind of, you were off at that point. Mm-hmm. So what started to shift your marriage for the better? We started going to uh, the church that, well, we weren't really uh, going to the church at the time, but he, uh, there was a friend of his that he went to Bible school with, and uh, he was coming back to the city and holding crusades and uh, he started going because they, they had been friends going to school together and uh, knew he was in town. And he started going to the Crusades first. And, and then I started going, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a life-changing. It was like we went and then back to whatever was, you know, whatever we were doing. But at one point, uh, something changed for him. And... Uh, he'll tell you that, but I think for me it was uh, after I, after a period of time, I always associate going back to church with after his grandmother died, um, his his paternal grandmother, and um, he had been going back to church. I really wasn't, but I think I felt like after that time that his grandmother died, uh, things began to change, and we just started going back to church. Um, and becoming part of that church community. And that, that church was the International Church in Nazarene. That's where, you know, we, we, were under the, we were under the ministry of Pastor Shavier for 34 years. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so, so through, through this, you might hear us say a lot. The pastor said, or the pastor said something, but when you're under somebody's ministry for that long of a time, you're going to hear things that are repetitive things that make a difference for you. And I'm sure you've probably already witnessed that. I mean, I can tell you right now, smile and wave. I mean, you, you heard that, and that's become a part of your, you know, your DNA. So, 
But the, the Crusades, when I went to the Crusades, like Pastor Gomes was preaching, he was a friend of mine, and my intention, to be honest with you, was to go see my friend. I didn't intend to get my life right. Um, I almost felt like I had to show up. But when I showed up, God showed up. <laughs> and yeah. I found myself hanging on that pew at the altar call with my leather jacket, sweating like crazy. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm trying to resist going down. And uh, man, I just, and then I just, I just went down. I just went down and things just, things changed from that point yes. on. That, and that's it kind shifted. of what shifted everything. You know, once we be, now we began to go consistently and then everything comes back. Your daily devotions come back and your prayer mm-hmm. life comes back and you're surrounded again by your church family and, and uh, that's, that's what shifted everything. So a church family is so critical to a healthy marriage, would Absolutely. you say? Absolutely. 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 Um, I mean, because there's people that you look to in the church family, you have an opportunity to watch other people. I mean, I see some people right in here. I just noticed Terry and Diane. They were part of that group. You know, Linda and Steve, you know. And mm-hmm. when you're bonded with a church family like that, you, you, you look and you see and whose who's marriage is successful. What are they doing right? You know, how do, they, how do they navigate through this? And you see all those things. And that's, that's a part of the, the church dynamic, man, that is so, so critical. And it weaves in and out through everything that you do. You know, because they are your extended family. And many times you're closer to them than you are to your own biological family. Yeah. We were all young families. We were all young families uh, at the time, uh, new Christians young families, raising our families together. And so it was such, I cannot, I don't know if I can even ju- do justice to, 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 to the importance of, of connecting with a church family because there are, you, you, you bond with them. You're learning, you're growing, you're grounding yourself. Um, it's just so important. And I see when I hear with Connect, Don't Do Life Alone here, that's, that's exactly true. We are living proof of that. We are still friends with those people that we started with years and years ago. We might not see them all the time, um, but when we do, we pick up, and it's, that bond is still there. Yeah. And not only that, but our children, that um, our children, our, our friends' children, I've seen it go to the next generation. There's so many of them here now that grew up together at International that are friends now, and it's, it's awesome st- sitting back and watching. I think of an example is Lindsay and Erica. Uh, they were babies. The, the, Betty and I were pregnant at the same time, and so they know each other from birth. You know, Stevie, too. And, um, and, and just seeing how they're doing the same thing. We're sitting back watching them do exactly what we were doing. Yeah. That's awesome. And speaking of, speaking of Erica, when, we, when we, need, we knew the church needed a bookkeeper, we, we, we prayed and we said, God, who in the church would be the right person for that? And we couldn't think of anybody better than Erica. Yeah. 
because of all the years of friendship and loyalty and honesty and integrity that we yeah. know she has. Mm -hmm. And then Stevie singing to her today. Um, so that's awesome. That was awesome. That you know. was awesome. That, that was great, guys. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> Steve is another one that's been scouting for years, right? Just, um, okay, we won't, we won't, you know, go there. But you talked about kids, uh, six of them, all girls. All girls. Um, what goes into raising a big family? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. But it doesn't feel like it because you love your family so much that you're just willing to do whatever it takes to... Uh, to make it work and to do what you have to do. It's not, it's, it's like a, for me it was just so easy. It was just so easy because I just loved my family so much and you know, whatever, whatever we have to do. We, I think of when we, uh, when our children were small, we made a decision that one of us would be home with them and be, and so, and one, so I, he worked for many years, days, and then I would go out, at, I would work at night because that was a decision we made. But it, uh, you know, it wasn't, it didn't feel like a sacrifice um, because you just love them and you just want to give them everything you yeah. have, not material-wise, but just uh, not making our work week, their work week, packing them up, bringing them here and there. And we were, we were fortunate enough to be able to do that. Because that doesn't always work, you know. But yeah. that's the first thing that pops into my mind is yeah, the sacrifice. And, and the financial, and that, and, and you know that you, when we made that decision, we know that we were, um, it was going to put make our finances tight. Yeah. You know, because you're, um, you're making that decision to make sure that one of, when one of us is home, but that was much more important to us at the time, especially when I, was my girls were young, because at that age, they're so impressionable. We didn't want to trust, put that into anybody else's hands, if possible, mm -hmm. but ours. And, and, and again, I, we understand that not everybody can do that. Can do that. Mm -mm. And, 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 and we understand that. And we're just thankful and fortunate that, you know, uh, we were able to do it. You know, did it put a strain? Yes, it did. But I'll tell you right now, when I look around, when I see my girls right now, and I see them all serving God, mm -hmm. every sacrifice is worth it. I was I was just thinking of because my sometimes my mind thinks funny things and so she's really funny by the way I don't know why she's being all serious today but she's she's hilarious um, so I adopted the fireman's model stop drop and roll because that's exactly what you have to do when you have a big family. That's what I thought. If he thinks of all the spiritual things, I'm just like, how are we running this operation smooth? <laughs> like, you know, staying up late at night and doing things to, so that in the morning it's not chaos. You know. Just to, just to stand up late at night, just oh, to, to God, throw something in there. Now, 
Here we go. She functions we go. best. It's getting, it's getting real. At like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to sleep to go. I, I got to go to work. But I hear dishes. Dishes. And noise. <laughs> Just noise. <laughs> and I mean, one time I. Come on, let's hear it. Let's I'm going to say it. One time, I because you know, listen, I, whatever. But I like to stay up late at night because it's it's uninterrupted work. I don't have to stop, go bring somebody somewhere, go pick someone up, answer the phone, do this, do that. It's uninterrupted, and and I flow that way. Okay, but one time, I was. Um, I was doing the dishes. I, I really try to do it quiet because our bedroom's right near the kitchen. But um, one time in my, in my mind, in my heart, I sounded like Diana Ross. <laughs> or um, Shaka Khan, whoever you want to say. But she had the, ear, she had the earbuds on, so it's yeah, even so, worse. So I was singing my heart out like it was 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And, and the, you know, the, I... God's going to give this guy like a gazillion crowns and diamonds in them because he didn't come out and tell me, shut up and go to bed. He, he quietly, this is how he, he goes. His, his silent uh, action screamed in my ear because he just quietly got up, shut the bedroom door. <laughs> <laughs> just let me sing. When I turned around and saw the bedroom door shut, I went. I took out the earphones and I was, that was it. I was all done. I was all done with my concert. Oh man! So, as a product of this family and of my parents, and seeing, um, like, like how they were saying the sacrifice when you would work first shift and mom would work uh, second shift. She used to work at McDonald's, and when we were kids, we were like, my mom is the best. She comes home at Happy Meals for us, and we were like, we were loving it. But it's so interesting now, and it's so funny that um, as, as I've grown as a mom and as a wife, the sacrifice that they made at the time just seemed normal. But as a wife and as a mom now, it's like that really was a sacrifice for them to be ships passing in the night and never and not have that opportunity to connect um, every day because of the day shift and the night shift, but that they did that for us um, so that they could impart what they wanted to impart and that they could move out the stuff that we were hearing at school and other people's visions or DNA or you know whatever it is, all that stuff that people try to teach you, what the world tries to teach you, they were so good at stopping that and saying, nope, this is, like, the buck stops here, and it won't go any further. And um, so as a, as a product of that, I mean, it makes me, I get emotional thinking about it. And I do this all the time. I, sometimes I'll call them and I'll be like, thank you so much. I love you. All the things that you did, you know. Um, but in that, how have you kept, what have you guys done to keep your marriage fresh after 42 years? I, there's two things that really stand out to me. I mean, and, and I think we all know it, and that's that alone time. You've you got to find it, however you can get it. I mean, 
the ideal thing is to, I, and I watch what you guys do, and it's great, you, you know, you find time to get away. Get away with yourself just for the, a weekend or, or whatever. But if you can't do that, find some time to get away. I don't care if you have to go, go, to, go, to, go for a walk, stop at McDonald's, have a car. You need that time where you can sit across from one another and, and, just, really, and, just, and just really talk. And the other thing, and I, and I think that really keeps the marriage for us, man, you have to, you have to laugh. You have to find a way to laugh. I mean, don't be, you can't have your house be a place where everybody's tight and walking on edge. And I mean, it's, you got, we laugh. We laugh. She makes us laugh. And it's, and it, but the thing, about, the thing about what I love about her is that it isn't like, I want to get up today and be funny. I'll make some, it's just like Stuff humor happens. finds her. Like it looks for her. These situations <laughs> seek her out. And so when she laughs and she brings laughter, it's really about the situations that she finds herself in <laughs> and that make us laugh. So you gotta find a way to, to, to have laughter. It's just, it's just, it's just brings that happiness and it, and it eases the soul. And uh, it's, it's, the good best, it's the best medicine. It's good medicine. I, I think about talking and communication because that happened a lot, that happened a lot in the beginning of your relationship. And as time goes on, you can just kind of clam up, keep things to yourself, not choose to share things. Um, but in the meantime, you know, your spouse is picking up, you know, feeling like some vibes, like what's going on. So I, I always feel like just, you know, and it might not be, you know, every single time, but when you do get together, like talk and communicate, say what's bothering you, or what's going on. That's what pops into my mind. And then I was thinking of this, I said, to remind myself of what first, my first attraction to him was, because I think that keeps it fresh. Like, remind yourself, what was it that attracted me, you know, to him? Um, but that's two of the things that I think of. That's good. She, and she mentioned something, too, about, well, she mentioned it to me, and I, I hadn't really thought of it in, in these terms, but when she said it, it made so much sense. She said, you know, you know, I don't just love you. She said, I like you. You know, I like you. When you like somebody, you like being around them. Yeah. You like spending time with them. So, you know, love is that deep commitment, but you have to like that person. Like yeah. somebody. You yeah. Know? That's cool. That's deeper than love to me. That's awesome. So, last question today, because uh, we could talk all day. All day. Um, about this. <laughs> I didn't we talk got, about very much that's on this paper. We got, we got 42 years worth of stuff. What about, um, just from a, from a, a man's standpoint, what, what would be some advice that you would have for the man in any stage of their journey right now? I think you have to, no matter what you're doing, your relationship, you have to talk. I would say nurture, nurture communication. Sometimes for us as men, it's, 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 it's not easy to open up. It's not easy to share what you feel. You, you, when you watch women 
speak, man, it's just like, bang, 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 <laughs> bang, bang, bang. And they're talking, they're communicating, their defenses are down, and it's like, and how about you? Eh. <laughs> That's him. That you is know. so him. <laughs> so you have to find, I think, really a way to nurture communications. And I think one of the, one of the keys to that, to me, is be very mindful of giving you messages. And what I mean by that is when you're having conflict, when you're having an issue, be careful to, to, you know, don't start with, well, you. No, because when you say you, you it already makes that person defensive. Yeah. And it makes them want to stand their ground and make their point. But when you say, I, I feel, I was thinking, that, that, that just changes the whole atmosphere. Yeah. That, that invites conversation. So, I mean, those two things, I, I think, are, are probably uh, the advice I would, that seems to be most impactful. Yeah. it's good. All right, I, I, I think of I think of um, something, again, that Reverend Shavier had said one time, and he had said, your first attraction, obviously, Christian or not, you know, we all got hormones flying through us. But it's, if it is the physical appearance. I mean, real. That's just the way it is. But I remember him saying someday that may change as you get older, health reasons. And so make sure that you know that person on the inside and you love that person on the inside because that's the lasting relationship. Um, and I also wanted to just say this, that... Uh, we, I just have to say this, I know you might know this, but we're just, we are not Exhibit A. We are writing our story just like everyone else. We might just have a few more pages, um, but we hope through um, the mistakes that we've made that we can, you know, pass that on yeah. and help someone else out. Yeah. Um, but we're still going through it every day. We still have, we still have the same struggles and um, and everything else that everyone has, we just are working through it. Right. right. And that's and that's really is what we say when we mean the new normal is the new normal begins when we let God invade our hearts. Exactly. And then take us from there. And that's why we're always pushing for people to be in relationships where the, both person are walking with the Lord. Absolutely. It's hard to have yeah. that when you're unequally yoked. When someone's pushing this way, the other person's yeah. pushing that way. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then to see that it's a daily sacrifice, as you talked about, you know, a, a daily longing to be a blessing one to the other into the house. And, uh, and I think that's, that's my prayer for, for the church, but for this region, really, for this whole entire city to see a new normal, because uh, the abnormal has become normal, you know. But with God, all things are possible. Absolutely. We can turn things around. And, and that's why I wanted mm-hmm. to have this conversation because I wanted this to be flesh and blood, real, every day. You know, I wanted to have a kitchen because this is what we talk about all the time uh, in your kitchen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Since the day I came over and proposed. Remember that? Um, uh, you like to tell that story of how nervous I was. He, he, had, uh, this, he had this plastic cup. 
Well, no, let me back up. First of all, he came to the house when Lindsay was out of town. And uh, he said he was, he called and said that he'd like to come over and talk to us. And I was like, I was like a cackling hen back and forth. What's he coming over for? What's he want to talk to her about? What? You know what he's trying to come over here to say? And he was like, calm. All right, just wait and see. Let's just. And so when he comes, when Marco came in the door, my husband was making a cup of tea. Now they're going to sit for 10 minutes, 20 minutes and talk about sports. <laughs> and I'm like, and they're, and they're very calm about it. And I'm like, I'm sweating. I'm nervous. I'm What's he going to say? What is Kippy going to say? Are you going to let him take this level, take this to another level and all this? And, and they're just talking and talking. I'm like, can we please get on with this? But in the meantime, he was nervous, and he had a plastic cup. He must have been offered some of water or something. And he had this cup in his hand, and he was, if he could have, he was. So we tease him about that all the time. Yeah, I think you still have that cup. Didn't she you, didn't like, get rid of that cup the for cup? years. Yeah. That cup was in the house for a long you know, time. But no, we, we, we're grateful for your, for your example. Yeah. And we're grateful to, to have people to look to. That's the key. The key is to have people to look to and Absolutely. say, that's what we're looking for. Absolutely. That's what we're striving for. Absolutely. And that's my prayer is that we have relationships here that people can say, Man, that church has awesome relationships, and that's Absolutely. where you show up. You, you, want, you want a relationship to be great? Go to that church and meet Absolutely. with those people and hang out with those people and see what God will do. And so that's our prayer. That's our desire to see that. And so thank you so much for being willing to all, share your story. Yeah. And, 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 and you know some Pastor? Uh, you, you have to be in it for the long haul. You know, you have to be in or out. You can't straddle the fence. You know, that doesn't work. That, that, that does nothing to help. You have to, you, have to be, you have to be in. And when you're in, and you're in it for a long time, somebody's going to step on your toes. It, you can expect it. But you still got to keep moving forward. You can't keep, you can't let that, you can't, you can't let that, whatever it might be, say, you know what, I'm out of here. I'm done. Because that's, that's, it doesn't work like right. that. You have to be in it for the long haul. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for the Barretts. We just stand as we close together. You know, it's a work in progress. I want to keep saying this all week, every week, because... Sometimes you're like, man, but I'm not there. You're on your way. It's a work in progress. You know, all of us, no matter where you are in your relationship status, single, you know, looking around, flirting, engaged, married, it's a work in progress. Divorce, it's a work in progress. You know, God has a plan for all of us. Amen. And uh, if you're new to church and you're like, man, I want to know more, I want to grow, you know, we have a gift for you. We have this Bible. It's for new believers, for new people. Um, if you stop by this table to my right here, someone would love to connect with you and, and, and give you a Bible if that's you, if you're new to church. But I would encourage you, spend some time with the Lord. We're going to open up a time of prayer. Just come and pray. If, if your relationship needs a little bit of a push, well, come together with your spouse. Even if they're not here, just come and pray. If you just need to surrender your life to the Lord, you need to be healed from, from a past disappointment in relationship, you got to take a step of faith. You got to start somewhere, you know, and God is faithful to meet you exactly where you are. So would you bow your heads with me as we close in prayer? Father, I thank you 
that you are faithful. Father, thank you, Lord, that you take us on a journey with you like we just heard today. And I pray, Lord, right now that your Holy Spirit is activating your will over all of our lives. Spirit of Jesus, come upon your church and have your way with every single one of us, no matter where we are. God, I pray remind everyone today that they may not be there yet, but they're on their way. So have your way in this place, Lord, with every single one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening. I hope that did encourage you and that you can share with someone who needs to hear from God. And we hope to see you soon. God bless.